Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. gentlemen this is cowboys talk the only dallas cowboys podcast in the world that will tell the truth the whole truth and nothing but the truth and quite frankly we don't give a shit if you're offended i'm not going to waste any more time because my guest today quite frankly could care less about your feelings he is one half of the duo of the great girth podcast ladies and gentlemen i present to you the one and the only austin freaking rollison austin i hope you're ready to take care of business today um, I'm, I want to say I'm angry. I want to say I'm sad, but I, I've already kind of come to terms with this was going to happen when I saw we were playing Green Bay and I was ready to be, I was ready to be a little disappointed and everything, but, but the way this team played today was actually the worst I've ever seen. And that's why I'm not mad. They lost. I'm mad at how they lost. Cause I knew they were going to lose. Oh, but, I did too. Mad they lost the way they did. Okay. First things first. Okay, I don't care what anybody says. Mike McCarthy, he has to go. This is unacceptable. The first team, from what I understand, in a very long time to have 12 wins in three straight years and fail to make the NFC Championship. That's embarrassing. They are the only team. Absolutely embarrassing. They're the only team to ever lose to a seven seed, the only team to ever have three straight seasons of 12 wins or more and not make the make the NFC make, make their conference championship game. And they should be the first team in NFL history with bat, with three straight 12 win seasons to fire their head coach. I mean, at, at this point now everybody's already asking me, well, how do you fire the coach that won 12 and that won 12 games for three straight years? Uh, you fired a coach that in those three years twice he lost in the freaking wild card round, and this time he loses to a sh- to a honestly to a shitty Packers team that shouldn't even have made the playoffs. Now, if this team would uh gone blow for blow with the Packers in a close game and lost, then I would argue that he keeps his job. But the fact that your offense was abysmal, the play calling. That he was supposedly so proud of. Oh, yeah, like, no shit. They're on second and 14, and they're running runs out of the shotgun for negative six yards. Oh. It's not like it's one time. Out, They ran out of the shotgun about five or six times that game, and no, at no point did it work until magically, well, first down, you start running the ball when you start throwing the football. This wasn't set up. Your offense wasn't ready to play. Your defense clearly was not ready to play. Obviously. Uh, and your special teams was somehow the worst portion of the entire day. And when everything is absolutely destructive and everything is regressive and you turn, you go away 
the fact that your head coach was calling plays like a masterful play caller all season. He was innovative. He was using pre-snap motion. He was throwing the ball on first down and running the ball effectively on third and shorts. The second you get the playoffs, your entire coaching staff decides to regress and start calling runs on first down, runs on second and long, um, refusing to let Dak throw the football. But th- that spells head coaching the whole way. You're not even, nobody on your team was ready to play. And nobody. Nobody. You had one person who was playing good all game. Well, maybe two. Jake Ferguson played well, and Michael Gallup had his first 100-yard receiving Hundred reception or a hundred yards receiving since his ACL tear, and he and he's the one with the expensive contract, not Amari Cooper. Oh well, now I understand Amari Cooper had a bad day with Cleveland, but still, I mean, the fact of the matter is, and I did an episode and I talked to you about this. I'll never forget the fact that they traded Amari Cooper. We got nothing out of it, absolutely nothing. But okay, well. Everybody knows I'm overly critical of Dak. Now, Dak had a bad game. Now, I, 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 don't, I don't even know how, how deep I want to go as far as Dak Prescott goes, but... Nope, you're not, he, you're, he's not allowed to come back. You know what? Yeah, don't even give him another deal. You know what? If nope, you let, draft the quarterback. You must yeah. draft the quarterback this year. Well, well, we got Trey Lance. So honestly, no. I, no. I would say, you know what? No, okay, you know what? Maybe draft a quarterback, but we also have to make sure that Trey Lance is good to go. Your second round pick should be Quinn Ewers out of Texas. Well, Quinn, no, well, Quinn Ewers announced that he's returning to Texas for his senior year. Well, we'll see. He's no, announced, he already he's announced, announced. No, he already he already he already officially he announced, announced it. He announced it officially two days ago, but I don't think he's going to be allowed to stay. I don't think Sark's going to let him stay. Wow. Yeah, I, Alex, you cannot risk having the greatest quarterback in the history of the universe because you want to keep. Quinn Ewers, who couldn't throw for 250 yards against that Washington back end. Mm-hmm. That, that was that was regrettable, especially considering how Washington got destroyed by Michigan. But listen, you know, we all know Dan, Dan Quinn's on his way out. Dan Quinn's on his way to Seattle. I, I really honestly feel it. But oh, now, I, now everybody's already calling for Bill Belichick to, to become the Dallas Cowboys head coach. Now, honestly, if it happened, I'll be happy. But there are many reasons why it won't happen. But number one is... Bill Belichick is a lot of things, but he's not a yes-man. And we all know that Jerry only hires yes-men, guys that he knows he can control. The the baseline thing, this, this team needs to begin a rebuild. I love Michael Gallup. You're going to have to release him. You're going to have to release Dak Prescott. You're going to have to let Tony Pollard walk. You have about 12 free agents coming this year, including your um, Hall of Fame offensive tackle, Tyron Smith. You have to let every single one of those free agents but um, Tyler Biotish go. You have to. Mm-hmm. Well, Tyron Smith needs to retire already. I Okay, I worry about the guy because of his history with back injuries and everything. Look, my personal concern for the guy is it's going to be effective for the rest of his life. Listen, Tyron Smith, to say that he gave everything to the team ever since he arrived back in 2011 is an understatement. Tyron Smith gave it his all to the team, and we're forever grateful. But look, there's at this point, there's no shame in him if he just retires, because I think it's the best thing for him. 
He can retire as a player. If he if he were to come back as, in the Cowboys organization as a coach, I'm all for it. But you're right. It's time to make these big moves that are very difficult. But you know what? It's part of the business, all right? Listen, yeah, there, there's a lot of moving on to do, really. There, there is. And I don't even know where to start, but in your case, I'm not surprised because I know how knowledgeable and passionate you are. I mean, again, I mean, when I describe you as somebody you could care less about hurting people's feelings, I mean, that's an understatement right there, Austin, I'll tell you. <laughs> because I'm sure you just piss off a lot of people by saying we should release Zach Prescott. <laughs> when they play, this is the reality. Zach Prescott has played in five playoff games. He has laid a goose egg in every single one of them, except against maybe the worst team in NFL history to make the playoffs in Tampa in that Tampa Bay Buccaneers team. And Seattle back in 2018, I remember that. No, he did not play good in that Seattle game. He played bad, but Zeke, yeah, carried that football carried that football team to a victory. Yeah, and I, I, I think Dak's records. What is it now? Two and five or something like that. It's embarrassing. It, it, it is. It, yeah, he's he's two, he's two and five in his playoff career. That's tied to the lowest postseason quarterback win percentage in the Super Bowl era. What real in reality, what has to happen is you need a clean house on. There are a lot of people out there who are asking for Dan Quinn to be your – do you believe that the defense played well enough for you to want to go in on Dan Quinn? Because whoever you hire is going to be the head coach of the Dallas Cowboys for 10 years. I hope you people recognize that. Do you believe that Dan Quinn, how that defense played tonight, and I understand people are going to say we lost Diggs. We lost Van Der Esch. We lost the, – the, the main problem here is though that team came out flat-footed on defense. They got pushed oh, around time. by a bunch of 20-year-olds who, have, who frankly, that, that Packers team is not that good. It's inex, they're inexperienced. Everybody will say they're in, an inexperienced team when it comes to the playoffs. I mean, this was Jordan Love's playoff debut. And, and how ironic is it? Another Aaron is the one who causes terror on this Cowboys team. First it was Aaron Rodgers, now it's Aaron Jones. Well, I'm not surprised Aaron Jones was the factor because the running game's been a problem for the Cowboys, and Aaron Jones, coming to this one, I think had three straight games with at least 100 yards on the ground. If you are, if you are, if I was the owner of the Dallas Cowboys, the first step I do is before Mike McCarthy even gets to the locker room, I'd say, pack your bags, you're done. Yeah, even though this week on the on 105 Through the Fan, a, a radio station here in Dallas-Fort Worth, he said, quote, I couldn't be more pleased. I mean, those were some of his words. I, I don't know the quote word to word, but he mentioned how he, he couldn't be more pleased. But how many times have we seen an owner say, oh, yeah, he's fine, he's fine, he's fine, and then a few days later, yeah, that particular coach gets the boot. And so, you you fire him. Then you go to Dan Quinn. You say, thank you very much. And then you walk in the room with every coach on the coaching staff, except for Bones Fossil. And you say, pack your bags. You're done. We're starting over brand new. 
Yeah. You, you, even fired, you fired the offensive coordinator, too. Fired the offensive coordinator. Uh, you, you go, you tell Dak, have fun, pick a place, we'll trade you. If they don't want to trade for you, we're going to cut you. Yeah. Have a good time. We're talking clean the freaking house. Tony Pollard, goodbye. You're gone. You're going to have CeeDee Lamb. I love Michael Gallup. Tell Michael Gallup goodbye. You'll keep Jake Ferguson. You'll keep um, – and you will keep Schoonmaker. Tyler or Tyron Smith, I'm sorry. We cannot pay you a bunch of money to be hurt. I'm, we can't do it anymore. You're gone. Tyrant, I mean, Tyron, 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 if I've talked to Tyron Smith, I'm like, look, as soon as we retire, we've got a job. We've got a coaching jobbing opportunity for you. We can't guarantee you that you're eventually going to – we can't guarantee how quick you're going to rise up the ranks. All we got is an opportunity for you. I mean, again, I'm all for Tyron Smith getting a, having a coaching position with the team. I'm all for it. I may be a complete idiot for saying this, but I'm, I'm for it. Because I think it's time for him to transition to the coaching role. Then you tell Tyler Smith, you're our new starting left tackle. Great job burning all pro. We're proud of you. We're really excited. He's your new left tackle. Tyler Biotis is a free agent. you got to make a decision. I think Tyler Biotis has been a really good center. I think you can sign him for a good enough cost to keep him. Zach Martin's a future first ballot Hall of Famer. You can keep him. I don't know who the fuck your right tackle is. You signed Lyle Collins and play him all game. Terrence Steele has regressed so massively, but you're stuck with a contract on him. So I guess Terrence Steele is now your right tackle. So I guess you're screwed. Have fun. Uh, yeah. Oh, big uh, time, yeah. yeah. Who are your wide receivers? You're not keeping Brandon Cooks. He's too expensive. Brandon Cooks is gone. Um, Gallup's too expensive unless you can get him to renegotiate his contract. Jalen Tolbert did a thing here or there, but he's still not anything you thought he was going to be when you drafted him. So your offense is in shambles. Now, on defense, Dorrance Armstrong's a free agent. He's gone. You can't sign him. He's going to want bigger money. Mozzie Smith is absolute garbage. Great job. Another miss on the defensive line. Stop drafting defensive linemen. You're bad at it. Sam Williams is okay, but he's uh, but he's continually getting um, flags. Okay, well, that, that, particular, okay, that particular flag was bullshit. He didn't even touch him. You need to know where that guy is and not even make it close. Right. And, and, and who – and for the record, who did the Cowboys pass on to get Mozzie Smith? I don't remember who it was, but I know that it still makes me sick to my stomach. Galen Carr – there's a um, – uh, Nolan Smith. Could have got Nolan Smith. Could have got quite a few people. On defense, your D-line is gone. You've got Demarcus Lawrence, who's now getting older. You're still paying a lot of money. You're going to have to keep him because you just stuck with him. Michael Parsons is there. Now you're going to make the highest-paid player in the NFL. You have to pay CeeDee Lamb, the highest-paid receiver in the NFL. Boom, there's all your cap space. So your linebackers are Marquise Bell, who's fine. We don't know if um, Layton's going to come back. No, there's there's no way. No, no, no. At this point, there's no way. There's no way. If, I mean, I'm, I'm surprised he hasn't even announced he's retired. I mean, look, he suffered uh, another neck injury. Uh, here's the thing. This guy is built. The way this guy's built, this is my favorite player in the NFL, Leighton Vandresh. He is built. He wants to play football. I think he's going to come back, and he'll play, another, he'll play another eight games to be out. He'll be our new Sean Lee. 
He'll play another six or seven years like that. That's unfortunate, really, yeah. Um, But who else? Damone Clark played okay, but you can't have Damone Clark be your starting inside linebacker. Marquis Bell is a safety, and Marquis Bell, Marquis Bell is a safety who can't play any pass coverage, so they turn him into a linebacker. So we can't play pass coverage as a linebacker, and he's too small to take on blocks all game long. All you saw was that left guard of the um, – Packers throwing him 14 yards down the field while Aaron Jones scampered for 20 yards a rush. And then your back end, Malik Hooker is a free agent. Donovan Wilson's a free agent. And then your deep, um, I guarantee you, I guarantee you that Gilmore retires. You got Bland. Bland's a great slot corner, but Bland cannot be your number one or number two corner. Nope. He made all pro solely because he picked a bunch of ball balls off, but he continuously gets beat on stupid routes. On the third possession, the Packers have the ball. They're driving in the red zone. They have a simple, um, a simple deep flag route or post route, and Bland doesn't see it. Bland gets lost, and they catch the Christian Watson catches the ball and rolls to the two or three yard line, and of course Aaron Jones runs it in. So now you need a corner, a D tackle, a left guard, a right tackle, a running back, a slot receiver, a quarterback. Now your list is so big. It's going to be three or four years before Dallas is any good again. Yeah, I have a feeling that, you know, based on how all these free agents will leave, I feel like next year we're probably on our way to maybe the first overall pick. Wouldn't that be something? Well, this team will never be that bad because – be solely because this team has too much talent. Even if you lose all those people, you still have arguably the best receiver in football, who yes played like absolute donkey shit today. Dropped two huge, three huge balls and is responsible for a pick. He's still one of the best receivers in football. You'll still have a top ten O line with Tyler Biadish and Zach Martin and Terrence Steele and Tyler Smith, and you're going to have a top five tight end in. Jake Ferguson, and you'll still have a, you'll still have Demarcus Lawrence and Micah Parsons. So the only this team will be this team will not be bottom of the barrel, but you're not going to be competing for any Super Bowls because you're going to have Cooper Rush, Trey Lance, or a rookie quarterback. Yep, you're not going nowhere. So I guess you know what? Maybe not a, not, not not the number one overall pick, but at least a top ten, maybe a top five if we're lucky. Dream situation for me is Dallas fires by McCarthy. Let's every free agent but Lamb walk. You pick up Micah Parsons' fifth-round option. You turn around, you hire Mike Vrabel mm-hmm. as your new head coach, and um, you poach Eric Bieniemy away from the Commanders. Oh, what? Really? They've already said, really? They've already said not going to get the job. So okay, so you're like immediately poach Eric Bieniemy from from Washington like immediately. You know, immediately. Okay. I like that, but Austin, you got to tell me, Mister Austin three sixteen, how is that going to happen? How can the Cowboys possibly do that? The dude's oh, locked the in on on a deal with Washington. We're the we're the greatest we're the greatest franchise in history. And um, and um, 
We have to request permission from Washington to interview him. These people, these groups, almost teams almost never decline interview requests. At least you're not. At least more often than not, they let it. They let it happen. See, I was like, I see. I it with the idea of Vrabel bringing Vrabel as defensive coordinator, but not head coach. No, no, he should be your head coach. I mean, yeah. I mean, realistically, what? we know. Yeah, like I said, Bill Belichick to Dallas, it's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. I mean, if miraculously it does, and obviously we'll be back here, and I'll say, okay, yeah. I mean, we'll see what happens, but yeah. No, you're. Your step-by-step um, rules for success as a Dallas Cowboys, according to Austin of the Great Girth Podcast. A, clear your coaching staff. B, get rid of your quarterback. C, don't sign any free agents except for Tyler Beattish and CeeDee Lamb. Then hire Mike Frable. Get a good young offensive coordinator if you can't get Eric Bieniemy. And defense, whoever Mike Frable wants. Vrabel knows what the fuck he's doing. Let him pick his coaching. Let him pick his defensive coaching staff. And then you have to go and get Kirk Cousins. What? <laughs> Kirk Cousins. If you want to, if you want to rebuild, draft a quarterback. If you believe, if there are a lot of people who believe, even without Tony Pollard. And without Gallup, and without a bunch of these core in middle of the road players, that Dallas could still compete for a Super Bowl with a quarterback. You need to go get Kirk Cousins, and Kirk Cousins is the only option that's not drafting a rookie quarterback. All right. Well, you know, I, I'm not. I'm not going to argue with the, the whole Kirk Cousins thing because you know, look. You know, see, one of my friends who's a Vikings fan, who's probably the biggest anti-Kirk Cousins guy, I mean, if he, since I know that he'll be listening to this, as soon as he hears you say that, I mean, well, then again, I mean, since I know that he's been listening, uh, Mark, since I know that, that you're going to be listening, like I said at the beginning, Austin could honestly care less about what everybody thinks. So, anybody, well, whatever you, you want to say, honestly, Austin's just going to say, bring him on, baby, much like me, just bring him on, right? Let, let, and listen. What did your football team do without Kirk Cousins? What did they do? All Kirk Cousins does is win fucking football games for you guys. All he does is win football games. That's all he does. And people crap on this man more than anybody in the league. Don't get me wrong. Dak gets a lot of unjustified hate. But Kirk Cousins is the most alienated, hated quarterback in the league for no reason. I mean, he had to about when, when, the, when the Redskins, I mean, Commanders drafted him back in 2012. They talk about they talk about that game against New York in the playoffs last year. How he threw the ball short of the sticks. Hey, maybe if he didn't have a left tackle that was built out of Lincoln logs, then maybe he'd be able to hold the ball to throw the ball deeper down the field. You like that? The reality is Dak Prescott has had a top five O line, a top five D line, a top five weapons group his enti- oh, nearly his entire career with the exception of one year. And he had mm-hmm. a top three run game every year of his career except for this year. And what has he done for your organization? Fallen on his face over and over and over again. I mean, 
It's time. It's time to stop putting lipstick on this pig. It's time to stop. Oh, but 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 we want to be we want to be the we want to be the Packers. We want to have legendary quarterback after legendary quarterback. I'm sorry, Dak's not Tony Romo. He's not Troy Aikman. He's not Staubach. Hell, he might not be Drew Bledsoe. Oh, shots fired, brother. And you know what? And to simplify what I've said many times, Dak Prescott has had everything that Tony Romo never had. Tony Romo never had an offensive line. Tony Romo never had a good defense. I mean, Tony Romo broke his back, his neck, everything. Sat putting himself in harm's way to save the season, and all he got was shat on. Because let me tell you this. All those people that are that love Dak, they're the same ones that hated Tony. Did you ever notice that? Yeah, and Tony did have an offensive line and a run game. Not and until 2014. They, not until like his final, you know, like his final solid year. Yeah, for one year, and he went to the. He should have gone to the the NFC Championship game because Dez caught that ball. Yeah. Of course, Pac- but, no, Packer fans still like to troll about that. I mean, even Mike McCarthy admitted in his introduction conference, you know, right before the, the crap hit the fan with the you-know-what. I mean, even Mike McCarthy – I mean, some people say Mike McCarthy just put on an act. Like, even Mike McCarthy admitted that it was a catch. Ugh. Yeah, that's that, that, that still haunts me. Uh That's what I want to happen. You know what I think is going to actually happen? What's that? Mike Parvey's going to be your head coach. Dan Quinn will be your defensive coordinator. They're going to keep the entire current coaching staff, except for like a running wide receivers coach or something, but blame some low-end coaching guys. They're going to extend Dak Prescott for seven years. They're going to re-sign Tony Pollard, and they're going to let Michael Gallup go. And they're gonna cut. Um, they're gonna build this. They're gonna build this up. Be like, oh, we bring about the same team as last year, without Cooks, without Gilmore. They'll do nothing in free agency. They'll have a solid draft class again, and then they'll sit around and wonder why we lose football. Why we and we'll win. If they do this, we'll win eleven, twelve games again. Hmm. But we will exit first round of the playoffs once again because our quarterback can't stand big games. Probably lose to the probably lose to the to the, to the lowest seed again. Because to be honest, it's repulsive. What's going on? It, 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 it's repulsive. It's it's repugnant. It's disgraceful. I mean, for God's sake. We're we're over, we're over 25 years now since the, our, since the last time they made the NFC Championship. I mean, think of everything that's happened since. Back then, last I mean, last time the Cowboys were good, you could work in customer service and, and, and afford a mortgage. Don't even check this out, since I know I've told you this one before. The last time the Cowboys were good, Monica Lewinsky was a fucking virgin, for God's sake. That might not be true, but everybody kind of gets the joke. That was what she was messing around with uh, with Bill Clinton. All I know, Bill Clinton was a freaking present the last time the Cowboys won the Super Bowl, for God's sake. Next year, the Eagles are going to be bad. The Commanders are going to be bad. The Giants are going to be bad. So the NFC least is coming back. 
if you bring Dak Prescott back, you will probably still win the division. But you will lose the playoff. You will lose in the first round of the playoffs again. Oh, is all that about it? Or, the same old, same old. Or you could spend two years building up a quarterback, building up a couple new young players, and have a fighting chance in two to three years. But the, but the reality of Cowboys fans, all of us, there are two reasons why Cowboys fans suck. One, there are a bunch of losers who don't know anything about football but love the camaraderie and community that the Cowboys fans have built up. So they sycophantically attach themselves to the Cowboys and refuse to level any criticism and believe that any criticism on any Cowboy is innate hate and has no bounds and no grounds for criticism. Ladies and gentlemen, what Austin just described is Cowboys Nation. So, Austin, you have just basically, you're just like me. You're an exile from the cult that is known as Cowboys Nation. And secondly, there are a group of absolute cowards who are Cowboys fans who think that this is good enough because they are scared to go back to the days of Quincy Carter, the days of Brandon Whedon. They are scared. Oh, boy. They have to go through a little fire. The reality oh. is good enough is not good enough anymore. And until these cowardly losers and these sycophantic cult personalities like Skip Bayless, shut the <laughs> hell up. I was waiting for you to mention him. <laughs> shut the hell up. Level proper criticism and tell this team that Good enough is not good enough, and that if you don't win a Super Bowl, it's 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 it, you need to make a Super Bowl, win a fucking playoff game. Like, and we're not saying like win one every three or five years. Uh, you, you see, like, okay, <laughs> see, I, I just love that how you just vindicated me, like. You know, I thought I was the only guy that was, that was exiled from the cult of Cowboys Nation, but Austin, you just basically revealed yourself as you're basically my number one ally now. Like you and I are exiled. I don't know. I don't know if we escaped at the same time, but somehow we escaped. We've exiled ourselves, and now like we're face to face, and we're like we we know what we escaped from, and we escaped for the same reasons. Like, listen, listen. Look, I'm trying to explain, like, to those Cowboys Nation members that just think they know the game, but they don't know anything, and I ask them, how can you sit here and be happy and make excuses for a team that just lets you down every year, throws all that potential right down the toilet, okay? All those years wasted. I mean, it all starts with the fact that Jerry Jones had to run the legendary Jimmy Johnson out of time by just absolutely spitting in the man's face, you know, after after the back-to-back Super Bowl win. It's, the, the sad fact is his team's never going to get better because no. anybody tries to complain or tries to level any criticism. And it, that's not real. You know, you're not a real Cowboys fan. It's DCLF, 4F, Dallas Cowboys for life. Do you, you're, you're a fake fan, fake fan. You either support us or you don't. Get out of here. You're either with us or you're against us. Yeah. 
greatest showing of love is telling you where you've gone wrong and how to fix it. Right. What you're doing is not love. It's complacency. And that's the worst thing on the entire planet is complacency. You see, like, and they ask me, oh, how can you say you love your team if you bury, if you openly bury them and you're often criticizing them? I'm like, well, I love my team so much that I'm telling the truth about them. Like, I'm telling you what needs to be done. No, I love the Cowboys. I'm just not part of Cowboys Nation, but I'm not afraid to bury the team. Now, I will admit, there's, there's been times where I've probably gone too far with Dak Prescott. Obviously, I'm not a fan of the guy. And I admit, there's probably times where I've basically criticized him. I've, I've gone too far. That's a given. I take responsibility for that. Some say, Alex, you're, you're, just, you're just a frustrated, lifelong frustrated fan that you don't know what you're saying. No, I know what I'm saying. But look... Look, at the same time, look, it's not that I enjoy being critical of a team. It's just I have no choice. I mean, what do we, I mean, I have to tell people, look, I'm not CNN. I'm not those fake news conglomerates that people, like, spend too much time watching. I mean, for God's sake, Austin, much like you, I'm trying to save journalism. I'm trying to prove that there's still some out there that are willing to do journalism the right way. But everybody's accepted that all that fake news crap, I mean, journalism is dead. And I'm not just saying that because our government is, in fact, guilty of killing American journalists. That's a, that's a fact, but that's, a, that, that's not the place for that. But look, journalism is on, the ex, is on the verge of full extinction. I'm trying to keep it alive. I'm trying to keep it real. And it's sad that somebody like me working hard to try to give the honest news is, is, a, is not getting the views that those fake news conglomerates get. It's embarrassing, honestly. People buy into fake bullshit but don't want to accept the honest truth from somebody that actually knows what he's doing. People like you, me, and our friend Tony. Yep, I, I knew when I saw we were playing the Packers and we were going to lose. And yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, was pre- I was prepared to lose. I was not prepared to get in- completely embarrassed on live television. So, um, I think this is the best... I'm seeing a lot of memes now online, like the Cowboys won and they don't know it, and it's got a picture of Bill Belichick in a Cowboys hoodie. <laughs> um, if that happens, I'll be excited. We can, we can only dream, folks. We can only dream. Well, I don't want Bill Belichick. He's nearly – he's like 75 years old. What did he do? What has he done without Tom Brady ever his entire career? He's a great coach, but I don't, I don't trust him to come into Dallas and be able to build the same kind of culture as you can in – Bought in um, New England. Um, I want someone who's younger, who's kind of throwback focused. I know Vrabel probably is going to be the next head coach of the New England Patriots, but I think our best chance on the market right now is Mike Vrabel. But knowing this fucking organization will go higher, like, I don't know. Well, we'll go. We'll, we'll go. A, a, a listener, a listener wants Ron Rivera as defensive coordinator. As def- okay, Ron Rivera as defensive coordinator. I would maybe, except I'm not sure if Ron Rivera is willing to take a downgraded uh, position at this point. I mean, at this point, he may have Rivera no choice. Will, Ron Rivera will be a defensive coordinator somewhere, but. I, I urge that listener to take a look at when was the last time Ron Rivera called plays on defense. Exactly. It's been too long. 
Now, at the same time, like, look, I mean, and I, and I got heat for it. Look, Ron Rivera is a good coach. It's unfortunate that his time in Washington was an unfortunate set of circumstances with the ownership changes, you know, all this drama. I mean, he, 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 had, he, he, he beat, he fought and beat cancer, but you know, honestly, for now, I think Ron Rivera should take 2024 off. I think he should. I mean, because, because what he's gone through in Washington, I'm sure that's got, that, that's taken a toll on him mentally, physically, spiritually, whatever. But well, Rivera has been a head coach three times. He failed all three times. Well, where was he before Carolina as head coach? Um, he was interim head coach for Chicago. Really? When was that? When he was their defensive coordinator in like 2005, 2006 ish, I think. Uh, well, no, Lovey Smith. Was, okay, well, Lovey Smith was the head coach of the Bears at the yeah, time. When, got, when Lovey got fired mid-season, he was the um, interim head coach. Well, I don't remember Lovey Smith being fired. Okay, now yeah, he was defensive coordinator from 2004 to 2006. Yeah. Now Lovey Smith was fired. Lovey Smith was fired from the Bears after the 2012 season. No, he was okay. Yeah, so before he was the head coach of the Panthers, he was the defensive coordinator for the Chargers from 2008 to 2010. Yeah, no, according to this, no, he was never he was never a head coach previously. The Pan the Panthers is his first stint as a head coach. I think it, it might be something. It might be somebody else you're, you're thinking of, but but again, going back to uh, Ron Rivera as being Dallas Cowboys defensive coordinator. I mean, like Austin said, I mean, I'm sure that on paper it's something that's definitely it it could work, but again, this is on paper. We're talking. We need reality. Like like we need we need some real results. We, we can't go with these theories. That's you know it's good on paper. Like we, we need something to be guaranteed, but. But as Austin reminded us, it's been too long since Ron Rivera has been in that position. So, and and coming to the Cowboys, you're going to be under, under a tremendous lot of pressure. And again, understanding what Ron Rivera has just gone through during his time with the Washington Commanders, you know, I'm not sure if he's ready. I'm not sure if he's ready for that. And so, I, mean, I mean, again, I mean, to whoever, I mean, to, to, to this uh, loyal listener, I mean, I'm not, I'm not saying you're an idiot. I'm not saying you're wrong. I'm just saying it's. It's it's a good thought, but the it's, thing not is, the solu- it's just not the solution. It's just not the solution. Ron Rivera could be a good defensive coordinator if you got a really young, offensive-minded head coach. Yeah, because he can work with somebody and and not and, and uh, not have to be under constant stress. I think ideally, as a Dallas Cowboys head coach, you need a you need someone who's done this. And there's a lot of people on the on the market who have done this. There's a lot of people hoping we get Harbaugh. We're not going to get Harbaugh. I'm sorry. No, the Chargers will probably get him. Harbaugh is... You need a fantastic quarterback. You need... And you need need an ownership that's going to kind of like be really hands-off. And Harbaugh is not going to come to Dallas where he's going to have to answer to an owner every morning... As a GM, it's not going to happen. Harbaugh's going to want to come in and and the head coach. Yeah. Um, Then, and the fact that Jerry just fought so hard to keep Will McClay um, shows he doesn't want anybody to come in to be GM. And rightfully so, Will McClay has been one of the best drafters in the NFL. So, I mean, 
We all know Jerry will never personally resign from the GM position. I mean, the only way that position gets vacant is the day that Jerry is no longer with us. Everybody knows what I mean. To be honest, Jerry pretends like he's a GM, but Will McClay does all drafting and analysis. Yeah. Steven does is VP of player personnel. So I, I, I want to give Jerry credit. There's a lot of people that hate on Jerry for being too involved, but in the past five years, he's done a really good job of kind of relinquishing some stuff. But in reality, you need a, you need a player. You need a coach that's done this before. Yeah. Um, Brable's an option. I know some people are going to want to interview John Fox. I've already heard it three or four times. Oh, the Cowboys? Yes. Mm-hmm. Well, that actually never came to mind. You know, up until now, I have not heard the name John Fox in a long time. I mean, I almost forgot who he was. And I know who he is, but it's been so long. Uh... Okay, he's that. Oh, oh, he is still coach. Okay, he's actually a senior defensive assistant with the Detroit Lions. Yeah. Okay. Okay. He he accepted this job in March of last year. Okay. Yep, yep. And, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I felt that John Fox had been away from football, li- living a quiet, li- living a quiet private life. The John Fox, when he was in Denver. Yeah, John. Yeah, I mean, yeah, he with Denver, and then uh, and took him to the Super Bowl, where they where they got you know completely destroyed by Seattle. But yeah. John Fox as defensive coordinator. Definitely something maybe to think about, but if John Fox, I mean, again, I mean, it, how long has it been since John Fox has been in that position? Well, was he calling was he calling plays in Miami his last year? Well, as far as John, I mean, as far as John Fox goes, I mean, it, it, it's I think it must be a really long time since since the dudes you know called uh, any plays. And I'm looking at his, at his resume. I mean, he hasn't been a head coach since 2017 when he was the head coach of the Bears. He was out of football for several years. It was actually in 2022. The current position he has with the Detroit Lions, he had that. Excuse me. He had that with the Colts in 2022. Yeah, but, he's always been a def- he's always been a defensive mo- d- defensive kind of guy. I mean, the last the last defensive coordinator position John Fox had was with the New York Giants, and that was from 1997 until 2001. I mean, but, but this is a level of stupidity that goes around Cowboys fans. There's a legitimate thread on a Facebook group I'm in talking about how we need to hire Jimmy back. Who? Jimmy Johnson. Oh, oh okay. Uh, I mean, the guy just got inducted into the ring of honor. He, 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 look, I love Jimmy Johnson, but yeah, he, he's not. He, he, there's no. There's, there's probably no way to lure him anyway. It, and they could get him. Why would you want him? He hasn't coached since '99. Besides, his style does not fit today. It, 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 players would not understand his way of playing the game. And not only that, but the the way the environment, the atmosphere is among the players, the players wouldn't even be able to handle the guy because the the mindset of the players today is nothing like the players from back in back in the day. And that's not even a good thing. Because the the sport is not what it used to be. And not in a good way. It's embarrassing now. You know, when, when I have to tell people, like, you think of the players who paved the way for guys that you see today. They didn't have the contracts that you see today. 
Troy Aikman, Emmett Smith, Michael Irvin, Walter Payton, you know, all the legends from back then, you know, Joe Montana, um, I don't know, I forget the name of Joe Montana's successor, uh, Steve Young. They didn't have the contracts you see today. So sometimes I'm like, it's embarrassing how the guys back from the 90s, 80s, and 70s, in the early 2000s, didn't get the contracts you see now, and they were the ones playing the actual sport of, of American football. The sport has gotten soft, man. It's an embarrassment. I mean, for God's sake, you can't even touch a player without being flagged for unnecessary roughness. And you know, and you know how refs will protect the faces of the franchise. You know it. We've seen it. It's no exaggeration. The sport has seriously regressed. It's absolutely embarrassing. So just to go and show that, you know, even if Jimmy Johnson miraculously somehow took the position again, players would not be able to understand him or even handle it. Because Jimmy Johnson made you work. If you were goofing around at practice, Jimmy Johnson would punish the hell out of you, and rightfully so. All I know is if the Dallas Cowboys entered the season with Dak Prescott as their quarterback and Mike McCarthy as their head coach next season, I will not watch a single Dallas Cowboys football game all year next year. I mean, I, I mean, obviously I will because I, I, I got to run the show and, of course, you know, like that. But still, I, I, I mean, I'll just – for me, in my oh, case, well, this is the opportunity for some content. And this is opportunity to bury people and say, well, I told you so. And I can even say, not only did I tell you so, but my buddy here, Austin, told you so as well. No, because you're going to win 10 games. And they're going to be like, look, we won a division with 10 games. We're winning. We're winning football games. <laughs> Right, and we still don't even have the freaking Super Bowl. Yeah, but like everybody, yeah, it's, yeah. Last time we did, it was in 1995. For God's sake, just a lose huh, the No state. smartphones back then. There were no smartphones. No social media. Uh. Today was what we saw against the Packers was just flat out. Uh, I don't know. I mean it. It's like I said. It's it's atrocious, man. It's absolutely atrocious. And I'll be honest. On that upwinding drive with, with those penalties, I'm not, I, I, it was the beginning of the downfall. It really was. Uh, and, and you know, and, and for the record, you know, it was forty-eight to sixty in public, and, and then I'll say, well, they scored two late touchdowns. Those are garbage time stats. Garbage time stats are nothing to be proud of. Yeah, you scored these touchdowns at the end of the game. When, when basically the Packers know the game's over, they don't even have to put forth the effort anymore. Garbage time stats are nothing to be proud about. Nothing. Yeah, so, so basically, also what I'm saying is, I don't care if the final score was 48-32. to 32. To me, the score is actually 48-16. to 16. Because I, I'm not going to buy into this garbage time stats crap. Well, as far as I'm concerned, it's 20. As far as I'm concerned, it's 21 and nothing when I shut the game off. Mm-hmm. I mean, technically, I think at that point it was officially over. But if you ask me, it was over way. And it was probably over as soon as it kicked off because look. Well, the I Cowboys knew we were cannot gonna, be, they cannot beat Green Bay. I they knew it was gonna be a problem. Steve Lamb dropped three plays, wide open catches for first downs, three of them. And Dak Prescott threw that in pack. I was like, oh, yep, this is the day we're having. No one's going to show up. We're done. Yep. Yep. 
I can't, and I can't stress it enough. I saw this coming. I really did. But you know, it is what it is. Quite frankly, the Cowboys, much as always, the Cowboys are just pure grade A jabronis. They are trash. America's team. <laughs> Give me a break. That's just a damn nickname. No, no, no. This team is still the most popular football team in America. The most popular football team, the most, um, the highest grossing and worth the most, the highest value. This is still America's team. I would argue for its detriment. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And the and the and the, de- the detriment of the players and yeah, a, a lot a lot of detriments. Yeah. But you know what? All right. Well, I mean, I already said from the start of this, I think Mike McCarthy should be fired. Seems that you agree, but you honestly believe. I mean, you basically made it clear that nothing's going to change. Only one little one coach who has like no power whatsoever is going to be considered the scapegoat. He's going to be ousted. He's going to be out of a job. Nothing really is going to change. How many years was Jason Garrett the head coach of the Dallas Cowboys? It's, it's, see, that's what that's what a fan that's what a listener said earlier. Three straight eight and eight seasons, and he still wasn't fired. Jason Garrett should have been fired after the 2013 season after going 8-8 eight and eight for three straight years. Now, he was lucky after 2014. Now, after 2015, it was because of the injuries. So, yeah, he should, yeah, but yeah, you're right. How, many, how, many, how long did Jason Garrett stay as a head coach? And God knows how critical I was of Jason Garrett. You know, at first, at first I was all for Garrett becoming the official head coach after – his 5-3 and three run as the interim head coach. I'm like, okay, you know what? Jason Garrett's got potential. 2011, okay, 2011, it's one season. 2012, one more chance. And then after 2013, he was one, two, three strikes throughout. He should have been fired, but he wasn't. So, yeah, so if Jason Garrett was able to stay as long as he did, Mike McCarthy ain't going nowhere, which is very, very sad. But, of course, by the time this episode's out, anything could happen. But, you know, timing is always hard to get it correctly. You know, when you think it happened. Uh, but, Austin, I think we've covered everything. Uh, anything you want to announce as far as the Great Growth Podcast goes? No, just listen to us when we post. Um, the best part, the best thing you can do is go follow us on Facebook. That's that's the best place to find out when we're posting, where we're posting, see highlights and a bunch of memes we find and make, so... Um, Once again, yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I, I mean, I'm, a, I'm a constant guest on the show. I strongly recommend you guys check out the show. But as I like to warn, because you know Tony's been on my other show, a word of warning: if you're easily offended, well, you've been warned about the Great Earth Podcast. But I still recommend that you check it out because you might learn something that may damn well change your life. Because once again, Austin and Tony could care less about hurting your feelings. Because if that's what that's what it takes to tell you the truth, then ladies and gentlemen, just suck it up. <laughs> But I strongly recommend you guys check out the Great Girth Podcast, but also a reminder that Cowboys Talk is any available anywhere you get your podcasts. So hit the subscribe button, hit the notification bell, because you need to know what's going on, because this is the only Cowboys podcast that's not going to lie to your face, even though the truth is going to smack you right in the mouth. Austin, once again, it's an honor for you to have you on the show for the first time. Austin, I can't wait to be back on the Great Growth Podcast, but also, most importantly, I can't wait for you to be back on this show, my friend. Absolutely. Thank you for having me.
Well, you're very, very welcome, Austin. Again, thank you so much for accepting my invitation. Again, looking forward to having you on again soon. Thank you. All right. Good night, everybody. And remember, no more bullshit. Enough is enough. Y'all stay warm now. Have a good one.